0: It's so good to see everybody here and to be back with you. We spent Thanksgiving in Texas. Uh, Last week we went to see Beth's family. How many of you all know my wife is from Texas, so we were out there. And I want you to know, we got up on Thanksgiving Day. It was 18 degrees. Snowed three inches. We got an early flight back. I was like, man, we got to get out of here. This is crazy. And so um, we had just a wonderful time. It was great to be with her family. I think in the years we've been here at Community of Hope, We've only been to Thanksgiving uh, for our Texas family twice, so this is really a cool uh, time to be away, but when we we are away, we always miss you guys, and we're glad to be back and glad to be part of this season. This is is really a great season. Um, I always think about December, and I think about Advent in so many ways, it almost preaches itself. There's so many good uh, deep truths uh, in here, and I wanted to lift them up. And speaking of Christmas, I want to remind you, uh, we have some service times coming up. I want you to see those are right here, uh, all in both campuses everywhere. We're going we're gonna to do uh, Christmas eight times, Christmas Eve, Eve, and Christmas Eve. Now, many of you all know, uh, last year was hard for me because I had, I had some vocal stuff right going on. And so I want you to know, this year, I am, I'm bringing the whole game, I am throwing for the end zone this year. So like, I'm going for it, and so I call this the Great American Preach-Off, and we're going to do it. And I want to remind you always, too, we have a big offering we take in December, which is our missions offering. We help a lot of people with that. We, we will give all of that money that we collect on Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve Eve away over the next year, and our goal is to raise 75 grand, and I think we're going to crush it. Woo. I, I felt like we were going to crush it until that happened, just in that moment. Unless, of course, that person who did that, they're writing the check for $75,000. I mean, man, gee, all right. Hey, grab your notes. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to jump right in. We are in week two of our series. We're calling it Fear Not. Say it with me. Fear Not. And uh, we are looking at one of the great promises uh, in scripture, and uh, one of the great and most used commands in all of scripture. Uh, in fact, as I counted, I count 125 direct commands uh, in the Bible. Over one fifth of those are some form of fear not or do not be afraid. And it's almost like we need to be reminded. How many of you need to be reminded every now and again not to be afraid? Amen, right? And so um, we're going right at this promise. And uh, we're looking at this, the most uh, uh, important one, the most, uh, I think, popular one, I should say, is Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. We're using that as a theme verse. Many of you know, we'll take a verse of scripture, we make it sort of our theme verse for for the whole series, and it's Luke two ten and 11. We're going to read this out loud together. I want you to get this down in your heart. Now, when we read it, I want to tell you, thunderous volume on this. No pretenders. I know it feels a little sleepy in the room. We're going to do this, right? What is happening right now? Luke 2, 10, and 11. I'm going to read it out loud. Ready? Go. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I mean, this is the thing. These scriptures, these promises, they just preach themselves. And when we get to December, what I always think about is, I think, you know, this is all of the wealth and wonder and reverence and revelry and power and promise are in these stories. We can never exhaust them. We can just, there's so much wisdom. There's so much good stuff for us. And that's what we're doing right now uh, in this series. I was thinking about this. There are a lot of fears in our world. There's a lot. How many would say there's a lot of fear in our world? How many would say there's a lot of things to be fearful of in our world? And in one sense, you know, it's interesting Um, fear is God-given. Not all fear is a bad thing, right? Fear that is uh, God-given is connected to survival. How many of y'all have heard of fight or flight before? Right? So that's a real thing. Uh, You know, when we see fire in a building, we see shark in a water. We see a tornado uh, in the sky. You know, these are healthy things to be fearful of. But sometimes, though, some of our fears uh, can be both rational and uh, irrational. And so I was. I, I looked up this week, I thought, what are some of the biggest fears that we actually, we have all these ones we think of, what are some of the ones we don't think of? And I thought, and I got a list, it's interesting, and I want to see a show of hands uh, if you're fearful of these things. Uh, one is doctors or dentists. These are often nice people, but we're afraid of them, okay? Dogs. Anybody fear, fear to dog? Okay, well, okay uh flying uh my wife i'll tell you she's not the best flyer she gives her life to jesus again afresh every time we fly (laughs) she goes just on the in case you know Uh, how about thunder and lightning anybody nope uh okay the dark heights more of us okay public speaking this one scares me to death Uh, How about bugs and snakes? Ah, there we go. There we go. Uh, I don't know how you do this in your home. Like in our home, every now and again, you know, like we clean out the pantry, clean out the fridge. You got that right. Normally falls to me. That's my responsibility. And uh, I'm a little OCD, so I'm, I'm into it. Okay. And uh, what we'll do is we'll take this stuff out of the pantry, and here's our here's our rhythm. We live in a preserve. So we'll take stuff out of the pantry, like bread or cereal or this stuff that, you know, it's like it's had its day. We didn't get to eat it, you know, And we never throw it away. We give it, we give it, we we give it to the animals. And so we live on a preserve. And so what'll happen? I just, I thought, should I tell you this or not? So <laughs> we'll, I'll put it on the back porch table. Uh, well, relax, hold on. I'm just <laughs> And then, and then it'll start stacking up and then I'll, and then Beth will go, Beth will start reminding me, Hey, you need to like, you know, you need to do your thing. You need to throw that stuff out. So we had us, we had some stuff that was on, on the table that was kind of growing. And Beth came to me and she said, All right, it's time. You need to get out there today and you need to throw it out to the birds. We throw it over the fence of the birds. So I was going out to do that. I was walking out. I was barefoot. Actually, it was in my pajamas and I was barefoot and I want to show you what I almost stepped on. That's the real thing, everybody. And do you all, do you all know the, the little limerick, red on black what? Friend of Jack, okay. That's, I think, a king snake, right? Red on yellow. No, it's red on yellow. Kills the pastor. And when I saw that, this is literally what I thought. I mean, I mean, I was barefoot. I stepped right next to it, and I thought, oh, my gosh. Instantly, I had this irrational fear. My wife is trying to kill me. Collect all the insurance money, run off with some guy I do not approve of. That's what I thought was like gonna happen in that moment. And I mean, this is like crazy, crazy. First time I've ever seen like a coral snake, like ever in the wild, crazy. But sometimes though, uh, our fears are connected to deeper things. And they're connected to things really uh, that I think sometimes come in our relationship with the Lord. And uh, one of the things I just love about the Christmas story is there are all these powerful stories, uh, most of them have embedded within the story a moment of fear not. And within there, uh, I find um, that those fear not challenges are speaking to some deep truths uh, that we all need to be reminded of, or even truths we've never even heard before. And um, oftentimes they have to do with God. Now, if you were with us last week, I thought Pastor Trevor just did a fantastic job. And he did. He did. And he was preaching on the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, which uh, they gave birth in their old age to uh, John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus. It was a fulfillment of prophetic scripture. And and he preached to the theme, um, you know, the fear of missing it. Not, not FOMO, which is fear of missing out, but more like me fear of missing it you know this idea sometimes that um you know we, we we're it's over and sometimes we have that fear you ever felt that like it's uh this is it's different you know and I, I was thinking about this because um I, one of my favorite verses of scripture is a verse of scripture that uh, happens in revelations 21 verse 5 and and it's one verse of scripture but i want to show it to you in two parts Here's the first part. This is Jesus, actually, and this is what he's saying. Verse A says, he, meaning Jesus, who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I am, present tense, I am making everything new. How many of you have an area in your life where you go, God, I'd I'd like you to kind of make that new? Come on, he can do it. And what we learned, and what Pastor Trevor preached to, is this idea that reminds us that it's really never too late in God's economy. God is working uh, to renew every single thing. Now, if if that's not a great promise enough, I want you to notice the second part of this. First, look at. Then he said, "Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true." It's like he's going, "I'm making everything new, stake in the ground. I'm really making everything new." And so sometimes this is what I want to say our, our fears and our anxiety are connected to really some deeper truths. I mean, we could we could talk about, you know, there's a song in there, I don't like spiders and snakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on. But there are deeper things. And so, really, in this series, what what our goal is to is to preach to some of these deeper truths. I want to read a story to you, and it's the story of Mary. And you have it there in your notes, and and I want to read it to you. And this is how Luke records it. And what I want to do is I want to go into this story, and I want to unpack some things that I think are going on, and I want to show you the fear that I think is underlying some of this. It's one that we can connect with. And so we're picking up in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Here's how uh, he records it. Luke says this. He said, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. A town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. Now, the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was troubled, greatly troubled, really, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. There it is. Do not be afraid. Mary, because you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. I love verse 32, and he will be great. And that's to sound like something we would say, and he will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. The kingdom he has will never end. Well, how can this be, Mary said, to the angel, because I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month, for no word from God, no word from God will ever fail. For I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. And then just two more verses down in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Let's pray together. You know, Lord, um, would you give us a capacity, you know, in this space, in this season, in this moment to hear timeless truths in new ways? Uh, God, I, I just, in the name of Jesus, I speak to any anxiety that we're experiencing right now. Someone streaming online, someone in this room, Lord, would you come and would you calm fear? Would you lower anxiety? Would you Remind us of your promises and help us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, uh, amen. You know, Mary, um, for, for all that we know about her and all that we honor uh, for her as the mother of Jesus, she, she comes to us on this side of religious history, right? Not without, not without controversy. Uh, and we have some expressions of faith that, you know, wonder whether she was not human, but maybe she was divine. And maybe that she was, um, you know, not imperfect, but perfect. You know, some traditions practice that Mary at the end of her life was assumed to heaven. She just like disappeared. And, uh, you know, for us on the Protestant side of the fence, we don't, we don't lean into that. We don't, we don't believe that. And part uh, of the reason, I think, is because we don't see it in Scripture. But I, I want to draw us to another reason this morning, which is simply this. Um, if, if we make her some, something other than human, we miss what God would really like to teach us in a moment like this. There's a really powerful understanding that I think this story speaks to, that the witness of her life and the witness of her uh, ministry in a way speaks to. Uh, and, and it, it's this fear. Uh, it's the fear that we are not enough. How many of you, by the show of your hands, would ever admit, you know, you've been in a situation, a circumstance, something going on in your life, and you'd say, I'm not enough. We all have that fear. I believe whether we want to admit it or not, uh, all of us have been in places where we have felt supremely inadequate to the challenges of our moment. And this is what is, I think, in so many ways, uh, profound Uh, Mary's life reminds us of what a life hidden in God looks like. And more than this, her life confronts this fear that many of us uh, have. This fear of not being enough. You know, think about this. We talk about all these controversial things about Mary. Here's what what I would want you to remember. Scholars think she was 12 or 14 when all this happened. Now just let that settle on you. She was a woman in biblical times, which meant she had no property, no rights. She um, was the property of of a man. The whole betrothal period of of an ancient marriage like that was really this assumption and this reminder uh, yet again. And, um, and, And here's an interesting thing I was thinking about this week. She was from Nazareth. Now every now and again... Uh, you if, if you wander around, if you bump around Scripture, uh, you've heard the story about one time when somebody was referencing Jesus, and they said about Jesus, uh, he couldn't be the Lord because he's from Nazareth. And they said this, could, and it goes on, could anything good come from Nazareth? And here's what I want to remind you. Mary was from Nazareth. She probably knew that language. So I, I would say in the in the Christmas story, uh, if there was anyone anywhere that would ever feel like they're not enough, it would be her. And here comes God with this big old challenge with this big old uh, opportunity for her and and there's just a problem there. And uh, the whole thing begins to twist if you're taking notes, the whole thing begins to turn, I think, And this is why I included these other verses in there. It begins to shift for Mary in her life and in her understanding when she comes to realize that God sees her in the moment where she finds herself. And I want to show you this because it happens in uh, Luke chapter 1, and I believe it's there in in verse 46, where it says um, this. It says, uh, let me just find it. Here it is. Where did it go? I can't find it. I will find it. 46. Here it is. Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Look at this. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. You know what some translations say there? He has seen my humble position. God sees us. You ever wondered if God sees you? You ever been so mired in a circumstance? You ever been so overcome with grief? You ever been so broken about a relationship? You ever been so anxious about a diagnosis? You ever been so scared of the future that you wonder if God sees you? And the Bible tells us that when he sees, you know, he sees Mary, comes to her, and, he, and she says this, he's been mindful of my humble estate. A, a while ago, I, uh, I think I shared um, a, a, one of the books that I read this past year. It was kind of funny even how this happened. A few weeks ago, I was studying for this message, and and I reached out to Sharon, who's my assistant, and I, I asked her, and I text her. I have a library. She has all my, all my books, you know, and I said, hey, do I have the book by Patrick Lincioni called Three Signs of a Miserable Job? <laughs> and my assistant texts me back, and she goes, is there something I need to know? <laughs> and I text her back. I said, asking for a friend. <laughs> no. And, and, and I did have the book I want to show you. I think there it is. And, and interesting, here's what Patrick Lynchioni says uh, uh, ab- about uh, this uh, understanding. He said the three signs of a uh, miserable job are, number one, um, irrelevance, like what we're doing is irrelevant. No, no, number two, a measurement. We can't measure it. But it's this, the third one that everything builds off of. It's anonymity. That nobody sees what I'm doing. You don't have to feel that way at work. Sometimes we feel that way at home. Sometimes we can feel that way in life. Sometimes we can even feel that way uh, with the Lord. I remember a song. I, I, you know, this will show my age. I remember I think America sang a song years ago that this is for all the lonely people. Remember that song? Thinking that life has passed them by. Don't give up until you. What does it say? Drink from the silver cup. I don't really know what that means, but I get the highway But I, I get the, I get the lonely part. Sometimes we can think that about the Lord. It's for all the lonely people that think that God has passed them by. Privilege of being known. That God sees us. You know, it's interesting. Um, Psychologists tell us that one of the most important games parents play with their children when they're very small is the game peekaboo. How many of you ever played that with a child? And um, it's interesting. Um, I did a little reading about this. They say this is what they say. Not only does this timeless game stimulate a body's senses, build important motor skills, strengthen visual tracking, encourage social development. It teaches object permanence and stimulates a baby's emotional well-being. Reminding a little baby that they're not invisible. Isn't that cool? But that they're present. And that if they're present, listen to this, they're important. All of us want to feel that. I remember years ago uh, when we began our ministry, I first served in Stewart uh martin county i served at a church up there and i was an associate like trevor in that role and then i and then i was assigned to a little small church in the northern part of our state and when i went to that church i was the senior pastor of a very small church but it was a senior pastor that was the position and here's what senior pastor meant Uh, i mowed the yard Uh, i cleaned the bathroom i made the worship folders i preached a sermon i did everything but sing praise god right and uh, one, one, one time, uh, we were, while we were there, I got an invite. My wife and I got an invite to attend an important state meeting for those in all of our religious tradition. And we came together. It was going to be hosted in Tallahassee, about 30 minutes away from us. So we go over to this meeting. And, you know, we had just got there. We weren't at the church very long. And, and we're at this luncheon. And the, and the head, the, the religious leader of our tradition was there. Uh, and, and he was there. And, and as, just as, you know, kind of luck would have it, as as we were there that 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 afternoon and we broke for lunch, I got I got up to go get my plate in this long you know kind of uh, table and I was getting my plate and I was right behind him, and and right in this key moment when I was young, I was a little self conscious and he turned around and this is what he said to me he goes, "How you doing, Dale?" And I was like, "Well," and I said, "I'm I'm doing great." He goes, "How's Beth?" And I said, you know, she's wow, you know, she's she's wonderful. And he said, how's how's Monticello? How's the church going? And I said, it's great, you know, um, the, the lawn looks great. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I mean, you know, talking about all this stuff. And I came back and I sat down by my wife and I said, my gosh, I said the this the state leader. I mean, he knows us. He knows not only knows us new you knows where we are. My wife looks at me and she goes, you have a name tag on. <laughs> It says Dale. It says Beth. It says the church. I mean, that moment you're like, oh, it's like a loser. Uh, moment of moment of honesty. Uh, this past year, uh, I've th- you know I think I've shared a little bit. It's been a challenging year for me for some for several reasons. You know, like uh, in, in my ministry, and you know I think last year I blew out the ACL. Right. This year I had vocal surgery, and we have all this stuff going on. And earlier this year, I was just pretty, you know, to be candid with y'all, I was pretty discouraged. And I don't know where you go when you're discouraged. I can tell you where I go. I go to my garage. And every now and again, when I'm discouraged, Beth goes, "You need to go to the garage. You just go sit out in the garage." And I was out in the garage, and I was and I was talking to the Lord. And and honestly, what I was saying to the Lord is, "I don't, I don't feel like you're seeing me." You ever said that to the Lord? He can handle it. And I said, God, I just, I, I got some stuff going on. I'm struggling. I need to know you're there. And I'm just in the garage. I'm talking to the Lord about this, really more complaining than talking. And uh, I have a friend, a neighbor, who rides his bike by. And I, just, I looked up. I saw him. I went back to my complaining. A couple of minutes later, he rode by again. I went back to my complaining, back to my time. Lord, I don't think I, you're, you're seeing me. He rode by again. I noticed him. We waved. I was talking and then um, to the Lord, and he rode by the fourth time. And the fourth time he went around, I, n- I noticed him. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, I felt like the Lord said in my spirit, he goes, Hey, you, you say that I don't see you. And you think because you can't see my work, I'm not working, and that I don't notice you. But I do, and you gotta, you gotta get up and do your part. I was saying to the Lord right in the moment. I was saying, Lord, I just feel, I feel done in some areas. You ever said that? And the Lord, I felt like the Lord said to me, He's not done. I want to show you his picture. His name's Chuck. <laughs> He's eighty. He's eighty. And, uh, you know, now this is the same guy, if you've been in our church a long time, years ago, he, he rides bike a lot. Years ago, I went on a bike ride with him. He said, uh, I said, let's do it together. He lives down the street from me. And we went, um, he said, we'll take a short trip. We, we went 32 miles. <laughs> and he never told me the bikers wear these padded pants. <laughs> it took me two years to forgive Chuck. But I want to tell you, because I don't want to make light of this. I mean, right when I was saying, Lord, you're not seeing me. You're not seeing me. And I feel done in some stuff, pushing on some leadership things that aren't moving. And he said, you know, Chuck's moving. You need to get up and get moving. And I think I got to tell you all, I just wonder this morning if that's a word for somebody in here. Time to move. Time to get up. He sees you. And and Mary's life and Mary's witness show show us her part. Because right, there's always a part that there's God's part, but there's our part too, right? There's our part. And I want to tell you what I see in the scripture is Mary's part that I think is our part. One is this Mary came to a place where she had to rely on God's power. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 says this. Mary said, how, how will this be? She asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. I don't want to, I don't be afraid of that verse because it feels a little weird to talk about in the room, you know? I mean, this is a 14 year old girl going, I, What you're saying, I, like, that doesn't, I don't get that. And you may be saying that in your life. I, I think of the verse that where Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 9, he says this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, when you get to the end of you, you get to the beginning of God. And some of us need to be reminded in here. And then secondly, I think Mary, Mary trusted in his plan. Luke chapter 1, verse 38 says this. Mary goes, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Wow. When was the last time you said that? I mean, what really, when was the last time you said, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do. I'm just going to tell you right now before you even tell me, I'm just going to do it. So you tell me, I'll do it. He's looking for people like that. And then lastly, just real quickly, Mary depended on his presence. The angel said in verse 28, you know, um, the Lord is with you. Matthew chapter 1 says this. All of these stories took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Hey, I just want to remind everybody. He sees you. You're hurting, struggling at the end of your strength. In doubt, give your life to Jesus Christ. Invite him into your heart. See what he'll do. Ask him to forgive your sin. Ask him to be your Lord. Uh, This is really what happens every time we practice communion. It's an opportunity to remember what Jesus has done. The Bible says, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and gave it to his disciples. said, take and eat. Uh, After supper took a cup after he gave thanks to the Father, turned to the disciples and said, this cup really will represent my shed blood. And this is an opportunity to remember that he loves you and that he sees you. God, would you come in this space and would you say important things to us in our lives Would you remind us, oh God, that none of us are outside of your care, outside of your awareness. Uh, In fact, the psalmist said, where could I ever go that I would be away from your presence? You're there. So show up and show strong, Lord, in all these areas of our lives right now to come against this fear that we're not enough. Use this space in communion to say important things to us around that. For we pray and prepare our heart in the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. We're going to invite you out to your right, uh, to my right, your left, and we'll receive by intinction, big word, which means we're just going to be given a piece of bread, dip it lightly into the cup, don't plunge your hand into the cup, and uh, receive the grace that's found in this simple reminder. Come as you feel led. The table's open. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning that you are with us and you are here. God, would you take our fear and replace it with your faith, your love, your hope? Would you remind us that you see us in your present in our lives, even when we can't see or feel it? Thank you, God, that we are known to you. This we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ and everyone said, amen. Amen. Go in his grace. We'll see you next weekend. Praise God.